Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing podcast series. My name is Ben Brewer, and we are recording this podcast at PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Conference in Toronto. Today's topic will be on navigating transfer pricing challenges in Asia with a focus on India and China. I'm joined by Sanjay Tolia, who is PwC's Transfer Pricing Leader for Asia Pacific and India, and a partner in the PwC Mumbai office. Jeff Yuan, a partner in the PwC Shanghai office and the transfer pricing country leader for China and Hong Kong, and Stephen Tseng, who leads PwC's Asia Business Center and is a partner in the PwC New York office. Sanjay, putting your Asia Pacific transfer pricing leader hat on, can you give us a quick overview of the transfer pricing environment in Asia before we take a deeper dive into China and India? Sure, Stephen. So Asia, uh, most of the countries have embraced uh, the BIPs action plans, uh, especially the CBCR. Very interestingly, uh, Singapore has become a BIPs associate and Hong Kong is planning to become one. Uh, some countries like Australia are going one step ahead in terms of the transparency rules. And I see uh, with the data availability uh, in the hands of the tax authorities, the uh, level of uh, audits and the quality of the audits is likely to change. And I, I expect uh, a, a different environment in terms of risk-based assessments and more deeper audits for specific industries. And probably that will pave the path for more APAs uh, and more maps for achieving certainty. So that's that's what I see uh, coming in, in, in Asia. Yeah, thank you, Sanjay. And again, this is... Uh audit is obviously a, a, a big concern for multinationals. In fact, Jeff, I noticed from the United Nations Practical Manual on Transfer Pricing for Development Countries, there's a specific China country practice chapter, which is giving us very rare insights into the inner workings of the Chinese approach towards uh, audits. And in fact, I, I found some statistics that are quite alarming. Uh, uh, it seems like there are over 800,000 tax officials uh, in China. Not only that, they're spread over 67 provincial, uh, close to 700 municipal, and close to 90,000 county level bureaus. So, uh, and not only that, there's a eight time increase in tax revenue already collected from uh, transfer pricing audit uh, from 2006 to 2010. And then there's a 14 time increase in average assessment per case uh, comparing 2006 uh, to 2015 statistics. So if I'm a multinational and I have 25 subsidiaries that's spreading all across China in different counties, different cities, how do I ensure consistency in the interpretation or implementation of the latest regulations? Sure, Stephen. Um, actually, this UN manual basically just reiterate the most of messages um, ACT has been trying to deliver for the last few years and, and also our observation on the ground in terms of the resources they have and, and enforcement we're seeing um, on the ground. So, you know, in terms of people, numbers really haven't changed. Uh, but it, as you can see, the China is trying to standardize uh, the consistency um, and, and making sure the standardization applies to the enforcement of the law uh, and, and also relevant TP regulation. 
So that's what government is doing. Um, to answer your question, what the MSC needs to do to um, to basically deal with that, such an environment, I think we're you know as a, a as our client and and and, and our um, taxpayers in China, we need to further ensure the consistency. Um, across, you know, all the documents that we need to prepare and 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 submit to the tax authority. For example, the master file and local file and 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 the related party forms. So that it needs to be making sure that with all your uh, multiple subsidiaries in China, that numbers messages all needs to be across consistently as well. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And and Sanjay, over to you about India. Obviously, this is a growing territory uh, where a lot of the multinationals are expanding footprints. Do you see the same trend? So India, India has come a long way from uh, over the last four years in terms of making developments uh, in in terms of the uh, changing the transpassing law, uh, providing more uh, insights. So just to give you an examples of the, the key developments, one has been that India has introduced uh, now use of multiple year data on an unconditional basis. India has introduced an arm's length range, which is based on 35th to 65th percentile if you have six or more comparables. There has been a safe harbor which has been uh, introduced uh, for captive service providers from India. On an ongoing basis, India continues to issue uh, circulars uh, providing guidance on specific transpassing matters. And uh, last year, uh, we had uh, risk-based assessments which have been introduced, which means that not all the companies are going to get audited, and it's done on a very, very selective basis. So I think it's been a long way and, uh, and, and, and there's, there's a great development which is happening in the area of uh, closing maps uh, with various countries and uh, closing APs and I'll talk more about that later. Yeah, that, I mean Sanjay, that's definitely great news because in the era of increasing uncertainty, uh, advanced pricing agreements are, are definitely a good solution. Uh, for multinationals to pursue. Uh, Jeff, I understand that China introduced uh, APA quite early on and have so far concluded uh, 51 bilateral APAs. I also heard earlier that despite of India starting its APA program much later, it has over 100 APA already. So is China not keeping up? Well, I think, uh, you know, with all the numbers you're saying about the local tax officials China have, they do struggle uh, at the SAT level in terms of the, the people that are processing the, the APA cases. So we have seen uh, probably a bit of a challenge the SAT is facing in terms of uh, getting those APA cases uh, processed and approved. Um, nonetheless, I think it actually just today, uh, October 18th, ACT issued a new public note 64, which is focusing on the APA regulation um, a few hours ago. Um, and and it, what it does is focusing on further standardization and, and making sure the consistency of the APA application. And, and, and also we're seeing the APA, uh, the tax authority is trying to take more control of approved the potential APA cases. So hopefully that will expedite the speed of uh, the application of the APA cases. 
great. And Sanjay, how about your insights on India? I'm, I'm sure uh, India is going to pick up something from China and learn from various other countries. But, but at this point of time, the way the APA regime works, uh, you could you could get an APA or you can get uncertainty for almost nine years. So you can get an APA for five years and uh, it, you can roll back four years. So you have a nine year certainty. Uh, it's a very small team and uh, there are 750 plus applications which are being filed. As of today, uh, 103 APAs have been signed, of which three are bilateral with Japan and UK, and the rest of them are unilateral. At this stage, we are seeing that most of the APAs are uh, based on the cost plus markups for captive service providers because I think that's the focus of the, uh, of the Indian government to sign as many APAs as possible. Uh, but uh, more complex APAs uh, we see coming uh, in, in times to come. I'll just share one interesting uh, insight on how, how the government has been actually trying to find a solution. So all of us would agree that intra-group services is one of the most complicated uh, transaction to, to resolve because benefit test is, 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 is a difficult one and it's quite subjective. What India has done is that it is signing APAs for intra-group services which means that you're giving APA for future five years where the benefit test will always be tested in future. But still, uh, there are uh, two principles which have been followed in signing of APAs. One, what are the minimum documentation requirements which will be provided at the time of compliance? And two, subject to the acceptability by the taxpayer, agree a percentage of sales as a ceiling on the total management fee which will be paid in the future years. So that's a more practical way of, of dealing with this uh, problem. So I think it's it's been a it's been a, a good journey in terms of APA. Come coming to map, uh, the uh, India has resolved almost uh, eighty cases with India uh, with, with the US, and uh, this is again around the captive service providers, and it's probably going to sign many more uh, or conclude many more uh, maps uh, in time to come. Great, and then Jeff, maybe last question. Looking forward, what are some of the critical developments you're expecting to see? Um, I think after the, uh, the documentation requirement and information disclosure requirement, which is uh, public note 42, and, and this uh, APA uh, public note uh, relevant, I think we're gonna see, um, you know, following the logic of what ACT has been putting out at the UN manual, we're going to see a standard standardization process uh, procedure is probably going to be issued by the SAT as we we will expect it. Uh, you know, SAT will focus more to ensure the consistency um, and and the standardization in terms of applying and, and, and local interpretation of the relevant transparency regulations. So, Sanjay, how about some critical developments from an India perspective? So I think one area uh, which remains uh, as a big question uh, is is the area of intangibles. Uh, so let me let me talk about that. Uh, probably three three points come to my mind. One is uh, the revenue always has a challenge in terms of uh, what should be the right royalty rate for trademarks or for technology. Two, uh, there has been a big issue around marketing intangibles and around the legal and the economic ownership of marketing intangibles and how do you really compensate for that. And the third one has been around the contract R&D in India, 
whether the DEMPE functions are in India or outside India. And uh, I see India making a great effort in terms of trying to embrace principles which are being enshrined in the action plan 8 to 10. India has gone on record to say that uh, the, India will follow the web section plan. And I see that uh, if more guidance around the specific areas are provided by the government in terms of clear articulation of what they expect on all of these areas, I think this will this will go a long way in providing guidance to the taxpayers and how do you how do you create documentation or how do you set your pricing policies around the specific intangible uh, issues and uh, it also will provide uh, clear guidance in terms of resolving uh, uh, maps and uh, uh, for signing of APs in future around these particular issues. Yeah, so, so uh, Sanjay and Jeff, thanks for sharing your insight. And I have one more question. It's more a uh, advice that you can give to multinationals operating in China and India. Uh, what are the best practices given the environment that you just shared? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, I think there are three points coming to my mind. Uh, first of all, giving you know, SAT's statement on lack of uh, reliable comparables uh, certainly is going to bring out the value chain analysis and location saving analysis that which they pointed out in public note 42. Um, I think from a local practice point of view, we really need to work with our people and our clients to focus on what can we provide the practical solutions in terms of information disclosure and adding on the analysis that we already have um, uh, to, to make sure that complies with the uh, tax authorities requirement. Um, and second uh, point I wanted to make is about the data collection. Uh, ACT went on in lands about uh, uh, information collections. And I think as a taxpayer, uh, we really need to be careful about the information that we, 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 we need to collect and also be mindful of how, how extensive this information and data will be and, and how did that compare uh, with the other players in the same similar industry. So these are the things and it's going to be in mind of SAT when they're reviewing our data. And the third is probably also very important is that uh, about the APAs. Um, as we're standardizing this APA process and you see the tax authority taking more control of that, we hope that to give us a good opportunity to be able to help our clients to secure, um, you know, the positions uh, and then give certainties through the APA process. Sanjay? I, I, I totally agree with Jeff and uh, just want to supplement by saying that business and tax teams uh, will have to become one in terms of preparing documentation in, 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 in future and uh, obviously one should have a global policy but with a local flavor because that's what's the requirement of the local uh, revenue authorities. And uh, in, in, in view of the challenges which data could create in terms of interpretation or in terms of the way the local authorities want to implement them, uh, I, I, I think that APA is a way to go. And especially uh, in India, when you have the success stories of 100 plus, uh, one should take advantage of that. Thank you. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this podcast on navigating transfer pricing challenges in Asia with a focus on China and India. Uh, if you have further questions, please feel free to reach out to any one of us. Our contact information uh, is on the website.